looking as me, but I <laughs> make everyone else have these photos. <laughs> anyway, um, I've been reading a lot about Sunda, and it's obviously... Yeah. Sunda. Um, Sunda, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Sunda. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and it's obviously crept up on everyone because you've quietly sort of came in and it's really quietly yeah. become a really big thing on the scene. Yeah. Um, did you expect that to happen? I mean, I didn't expect it, but... It was something I did hope for. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> um, Sunda's been something that I've been wanting to do for the last 10 years, like yeah. since I've started cooking. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's been a long time coming, and I kind of really hope that everyone did kind of accept it for what it is, mm. and I feel that I'm very lucky that everyone is enjoying it. And when you say accept it for what it is, how, what, what is it? <laughs> I mean, it's... I just modern take on Southeast Asian food. Yeah. Um, I think, like, I've worked in Asian restaurants before where people say, like, diners would be like, you can get, like, cheaper stuff elsewhere. Yeah. And it'll be just as good. So I was kind of worried that people would think that. Mm. I'm worried people would be, like, um, trying too hard or too different. Yeah. Um, but, like, using the Asian flavours with native Australian ingredients really kind of works yeah and I think that's what everyone kind of loves about it yeah um, and it's what sets us apart from everyone else as well absolutely and it's not you're not going for authenticity are you you're going for uh, maybe capturing an idea yeah and then putting a spin on it yeah it? so a lot of the dishes is kind of based on a traditional dish but done quite differently mm. but the flavours remain kind of the same mm. but with the added native ingredients which makes it a bit familiar mm. but different at the same time yeah. yeah and I was reading that you said somewhere um, that kind of all paths or all jobs have led to this one in terms of the people you've worked with yeah. and the places you've been yeah. can you talk me through that a bit yeah um, so when I started cooking I wanted to change people's perspective on Vietnamese food because um, obviously it's a cheap cuisine. People go have a bowl of soup and then they'll call it a night. Um, and same thing, as I said before, people see Southeast Asian as cheap. So um, I wanted to change people's perspective on that. So that's when I started working at Red Lantern, just to learn more about Vietnamese food. Mm. Um, and then after two years there or so, I, I knew that to take the next step and do what I want to do, I needed to learn like working in a fine dining restaurant. Um, so that led me to working at Bacass, um, just in North. Um, so I spent about one and a half years there until they closed down. Um, and then, like, that's where I kind of learned Asian um, flavors and then I learned how to refine it a bit. Um, then I wanted to learn a bit of leadership roles. Yeah. So that's where I started at Mr. Wong. Um, well, I was the sous chef for three and a half years, so I was looking over a team of 45 chefs. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I learned a lot about Absolutely. leadership from there. Yeah. And also a lot about, like, just strong, intense flavours, because Dan Hong just loves food to be tasty. Yeah. Um, that's the main thing for him. Um, so I spent three and a half years there, and then towards the end, I realised that I entered a few competitions and kind of just thought about what I wanted to do. And it's still the same thing, and I just knew that I didn't have my own style yet, and I just, my style of food wasn't refined enough yet. Mm. 
So I left Mr. Wong um, just to find something different. I wasn't sure where I was going to work. Um, and then probably about four months before I left, I found out that no one was coming to Sydney. Um, so I applied straight away and um, took a few months to get accepted. And then while I was there, I mean, while I was at Mr. Wong and eating at Billy Kwong's, I was pretty inspired by how she uses native ingredients with Cantonese food. Yes. And I was like, that would be cool if it does done with Vietnamese food as well. So that's why I wanted to intern at Noma. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot from there. I spent about 11 weeks working free but it was worth it. Yeah. Um, learned a lot about native ingredients, um, just how the world-class kitchen operates. The kind of leadership skill that Renee has is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then after that, obviously, I, I still had that goal of refining my skills and refining my style. And that's when I met Brent Savage. Like, we knew each other here and there, met him a few times, and then I bumped into him once, and he's like, hey, I'm opening a restaurant, you want to come and work there? So. Spent about six months working between Bentley, Yellow and Monopole um, as the junior suit and then eventually finishing at Cirrus working there for over a year as the senior sous chef. Um, and just before Cirrus, like the break between working at Bentley and all that and Cirrus, I travelled Vietnam because like that was my goal to do Vietnamese food mm. and then um, I visited eight different cities. I ate over like 150 dishes. Like every day, it was like at least six meals, um, and it's over 150 different dishes. Wow! So I've eaten like same dish. So like I've probably had over 200 meals there. So in, what's your process? You, are you noting things? You got a notebook, or do you? Yeah, I mean, I I noted everything down in my phone, right? Right. Yeah. And then. Um, after that, I was like, I've eaten all this Vietnamese food, and then I was like, there's only so much I can do with it, because a lot of it's very similar. Like, a lot of the food serves sweet fish sauce, and you've got a lot of soups, which you can't really refine that much. Um, so then I was like, I'll just, why don't I do Southeast Asian food? Um, because I see a lot of Vietnamese restaurants opening up as modern Vietnamese, and then actually dining there, they're actually doing like Thai food as well and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to stay true to what I say I'm gonna do. Yeah. So I decided on Southeast Asian. Um, so before opening Sunda, went on a research trip to Singapore, um, Malaysia and Indonesia. Um, and during that trip, obviously I ate a lot as well. It was like 10 days, over 100 dishes. And I lost my phone during that trip, oh. which is where I had all my ideas for Vietnamese flavors no. and dishes. So that was like eight years in the making, all the ideas and after traveling Vietnam, and I didn't have it backed up. So I decided to make the most of the trip and just do my first menu based on that trip. Um, so the menu at the moment at Sunda, there's a lot of like, there's Vietnamese influences, but it's a lot of it is uh, Indonesian and Malaysian. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what that's, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what led me to where I am today. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. And um, and incorporating the um, the indigenous 
products, how do you how do you go about that? You just have to be aware of their flavour and think about how that would work in with yeah. what you're doing. I mean, because Asian food's about a lot about balance. So you got your sweet, salty, sour, spicy, and um, a lot of native ingredients are really sour, and some of them are bitter mm. as well. So like just basically making a dish and then substituting one of those flavor profiles with the acidity of let's say lemon aspen um, so that rounds off the dish and it adds a little bit extra as well um, and like the reason why I want to do um, use the native ingredients the same reason why Kylie Kwong wants to do that because um, she grew up in Australia, um, she's Chinese, Australian, Australian Chinese, and I'm the same. So I grew up in Sydney. Um, I was born in Australia, but um, I was raised eating Vietnamese food my whole life. And um, I guess the food at Sunda is just kind of a way of expressing who I am. Mm. And um, like I've, I've said this to people before, it's kind of, it is who I am, like, I had Dan Hong come in last week to eat, and he's like, he can tell which dishes um, is based on what restaurant I worked at, like, he's like, I can tell that's like one of Brent Savage's, like, inspirations, and obviously everything is, like, pretty heavily seasoned, so he knows that that's from Mr. Wong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of who I am. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So you found your style? I yeah, I'd say so. Um, I think the main thing is um, it's pretty similar to Brent Savage's style. Because when I ate at Monopole the first time, I was like, "Hey, I want to do something like this." But yeah. Asian flavors, so it's kind of completely different. Um, so I've kind of been working on that kind of style. Mm. Um, yeah, so I got to thank Brent for that. Um, yeah, but he's pretty very supportive as well. Um, before I left Sirius, I was like, hey, just so you know, all my food's going to look like your food. But Asian flavors. But then, like, he's, yeah, he calls me almost every week. He's like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, nice review and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, awesome. yeah, he's been, like, really supportive. So it's great, yeah. So it sounds like you have a really um, considered approach to coming up with ideas and food and even your whole career. And, um, and so this first menu is based on the, um, that trip, but you've yeah. lost all the other stuff. What, what will you do moving forward? How will you approach the next menu? Um, Sorry, you've only just opened and you're dealing with yeah. this one, but no, no, no. moving. Well, we've been open for, what, five months or so. Yeah. Um, so every week or second week or so, we'll have a special one. And... Um, I mean, just because I lost those ideas doesn't mean it's not in my head. So, I mean, I do, you know, work these long weeks, but on my days off, I'll just sit at home just thinking, <laughs> just thinking about dishes yeah, yeah. and reading, going through, like, cookbooks and old recipes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, like, just coming up with new menu is probably going to be based on a bit more Vietnamese flavours because mm. that's kind of more about who I am. Yes. But um, I'm pretty happy with doing like Southeast Asian in general because there's just so much flavors you can play with, yeah. And it's not restricted to just fish sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 
That's good. And, um, and just going back to what you were saying about you also, the side of things you had to learn to be a leader, um, what would you say your style of leadership is? I was amazed. I walked in, it's so quiet in here. Everyone's just getting on with their jobs. Oh, I think you just walked in at a good time. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, when I was at Mr. Wong as senior sous chef and at Cirrus, I was always the nice guy that people approached and they would tell me, they'll be like, oh, I'm too scared to go to the head chef or whatever. So back then I was just like, I want to be that guy that people can come to. And um, back then I thought, oh, the head chefs, like, they're a bit of an asshole or whatever. They're a bit of hard ass. But then when we opened Sunda, I really understood mm. how they felt. Mm, mm. <laughs> so, I mean, at the start, I was a bit, I was kind of a different person. Um, it's getting better now, I'm a bit more relaxed, but yeah, I kind of understood how it is to actually be a head chef. I thought I knew, yeah. but I had no idea. Right. Like, it wasn't like, yeah, I mean, I worked hard and I cared a lot about the business, but it was just something totally different. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I try to be calm as much as possible, but you know, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you get a bit angry. Of course, yeah. it's pressured in there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And when you have your ideas and you want to convey them to your team, how do you, are you, do you show or do you tell? I, so the first, the current menu I show, so basically everyone eaten, everyone ate everything before I even tasted it. So I just had these ideas of flavours that I think would work and then I'll plate it up and I'll get someone else to taste it. And it wasn't until everyone kind of said they loved it and then I kind of tasted it I was like hang on it's not bad <laughs> yeah but because I've always been kind of pretty hard on myself mm. like I knew I know that where I can improve I do a lot of thinking about where I can improve and all that kind of stuff so I kind of just let other people judge me or judge the dishes and um, I mean if they're happy then I'll be happy as well mm. and I I guess I've got to trust the people that are giving me this feedback as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a lot of it is just kind of ideas of flavours that I think would work together. Yeah. And are you able to enjoy it? As it sounds like you're... Um, I spoke to Julian Hills at Nawi um, over in Yarraville a couple of weeks ago and he yeah. was just saying he just thinks about food 24-7 and it must be a lot of... She's a head chef. You've got lots to think about. Yeah. Are you able to enjoy the the process and? I enjoy the process. Yeah. I enjoy it when people say they like the dishes. <laughs> but personally, when I eat my own dishes, I um I don't know. It just I get a bit nervous and my mouth goes dry and I just like yeah. I mean I can't, I don't get the dish for what it is. Yeah. Because it's just basically me on the plate and. Just eating it just doesn't feel right. Like, it doesn't ever feel right. Like, I used to cook at home, and after I cook and eat, I was like, this is horrible. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I think just, yeah. Like, I can't really enjoy my food. But, yeah. It's, I'm happy that people appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Did you enjoy cooking it? Yes, yeah. The whole process leading up to it. And, like, yeah, cooking at home, like, I love, like, I might day off after working like a long week. I'd spend like six hours cooking and enjoying it. But yeah. then once it gets to sit, sitting down and eating, I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
so it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a lot of chefs are like that actually. I've um, spoken to a lot of people and they're like, yeah, it's so strange. Yeah. <laughs> like it's meant to be the most rewarding part when you sit down and eat your own meal, but it's just like I think maybe all the tasting and stuff leading up to it just gets you kind of sick of it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and have your um your family tasted your food? So your parents or grandparents, are they here in, um, in, no, in Australia? In Sydney. In Sydney though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, before I moved to Melbourne I did a pop up. And um, I didn't actually invite my parents to the pop-up, like even though I had free tickets, because I was just kind of scared, like, because they're really old school. Mm. Um, they don't really eat out. They go to like Cantonese restaurants and Vietnamese restaurants. So I've worked, and like all the fine dining restaurants I've worked at, they they don't know what fine dining is. Like they have no idea what. I'm doing with my career. Yeah. All they know is I'm working like crazy hours and then coming home tired and angry sometimes. <laughs> and um, that's kind of how they see it. Okay. So, yeah, they've got no idea what like fine dining, sitting down and dining is. So I was very nervous about, you know, inviting them. But then my brother found out that there was a pop up, so he made him come. And yeah, they, lo- they do love it. But my brother said, even if it's shit, they'll still love it. <laughs> and then that's what I'll be thinking. I'm like, what if it is shit? And they just say they love it. <laughs> <laughs> no. You sound like a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they, they are very proud of me. Like, they speak very minimal English, so they don't really read reviews or anything. But they see the pictures, and my brother does tell them the main parts. Yeah. So, yeah, they're proud. Because for them, for a long time, they were just like, my mum was just like, why are you doing this? Like, like, why are you working 16-hour days? Like, your uncle works at a cafe and he makes more money than you. Yeah. And it's just, like, in growing up, my parents put me through, like, tutor and through, like, private school. So they really wanted to be, you know, just the stereotype. Asian parents want you to be a lawyer or a doctor. And then when I chose to do cooking, like... Yeah, my mum used to just like cry because she was just upset that I'm going through all this stuff when she she wants me to work in the office. Yeah. But I think she kind of understands a bit more now about why I want to do all this kind of stuff because for them, like for my parents, they came to Australia obviously for a better life and to give their children a better life because they've you know done it hard in Vietnam and seeing their son work hard or harder <laughs> than how they work is very upsetting for them. Yes. But, um, so I just tell her like, oh yeah, the hours are better now and all that kind of stuff. So she's pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a shame they can't understand how much you love it and what you yeah. get out of it. And for them, they just kind of, I'm not saying they're not passionate, but they, they work to make money to look after the family. Mm. It's, they don't understand the passion and, yeah. It's a luxury we have really in this country, isn't it? To yeah. be able to choose to do yeah. crazy long yeah. hours yeah. for not lots of money, but because you really love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good. Um, yeah. Great. It'll do. Thank you. Oh, awesome. <laughs>